What's up, y'all? My name is Terrence Terrell. I play Trunk on Obliterated, and you're tuned in to Obliterated Companion. Trunk, he's back. <laughs> ah! Welcome back to another episode of Obliterated Companion. I'm Peter, and you guys got another great interview lined up today. We got Terrence Terrell, who plays Trunk from Obliterated, joining me today. Uh, Terrence, I, I just want to jump in with this just right quick. Yeah. Do you know or have you asked about why is Trunk named Trunk? <laughs> uh, I, I came up with a couple of things, a couple of reasons why. Uh, but yeah, I, I I feel like I do know. Okay, okay. Give me, um, you know, we'll we'll. Yeah, we, we can, can depend on which version you want. There's a couple of versions. There's the X-rated version, which a lot of people are, are talking about. Um, yes. Yeah, everybody's like, "Hey, I seen that episode." Instead of like, "Oh, I saw the whole show," they're like, "I saw." They say yeah. the the torture scene in the food the food fight. They're like, "We saw those episodes." Like, okay. <laughs> Um, but then trunk to me also means um, to me. I thought about an elephant because you know elephants are very wise. They're big. They're strong. They're very um, calm animals until they until they're not. And so I felt like I uh, incorporate that as well. And then of course you know just being big as hell. So yeah. it's an elephant trunk. Yeah. See, I didn't, yeah. Yeah. So so I'm not gonna throw no names out, but I kind of asked. You know, I was like, oh, is it because of this? And I was told correct. What I never asked. I didn't want to ask. What, yeah. oh, what did you ask them? I I uh, I asked. Hey, why is Trunk called Trunk? And okay. before I got an answer, I go, wait, is it because of his dick? And I got correct. <laughs> okay. Well, so, I was trying to go the educational route, but okay, cool. <laughs> have you seen Obliterated? There's, I mean, I don't want to say there's nothing educational about it, but you know, they, they're having fun. They're having fun. Um, and I'm sure you're having fun. What What's the reception been like? You gave a couple examples of like, oh, I've seen two scenes, but uh, talk about like friends and family. People are really, really excited about it. There was one scene we were shooting when um, we were in the Russian compound and there was a moment, it was me, Nick, and yeah, me and Nick, we had to run in and, um, well, McKnight, we had to run in and save Lana. We heard her scream. And there was a moment right before they called action where I looked up and the mirror was in front of me. And I remember almost tearing up because I was like, I saw myself as that person I wanted to see when I was a kid, like an action hero that looked cool. You know what I mean? Like the Mr. T's and stuff like that. So I saw that. Um, so a lot of people are saying like, yo, it's so good to see, you know, big black guy actually not just being dumb or whatever. Like he's trunk is a power, a, a power to be reckoned with. Like he's smart, he's on point, he can be lovable. Also, it was like, he's a lethal, lethal weapon, he can, he's a killer. Like even in the first scene when he's like, I can take out the, um, um, Jesus, what's the thing? I can take his, I can take his muscle out with no collateral damage. Like he's ready to go in there and kill him in front of everybody and, and you know, he's ready for whatever. And McKnight's yeah. crazy like that too. So I feel like we're, um, uh, getting really, really good feedback, and also it's like you know we're like ghetto cartoon characters. <laughs> so we yeah. have the same outfit on. We have the vulture, which is like our Scooby Doo man, whatever. So it's really cool. So everybody's loving it. I'm really, really excited and proud of it. 
Oh yeah, yeah. As you should be. I mean, it was number one a few a few different days, right? Yeah, now it's number three in the world. Oh, excuse me, I'm turning this fan off. Um, it's, but it's number three in the world. Um, I don't know what number it is now, but I have a feeling during the holidays when people actually sit down, it's going to jump back up to number one. So watch. Yeah, it, it, it's really a family show, right? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> so um, we'll, we'll we'll save more obliterated towards the end because I, I I personally like to get to know. Uh, I, I I would like to get to know uh, you, but um, that's that's you know companion. It's for different things, uh, a few different things. We're a companion piece of the show. We're going to do episode breakdowns and stuff like that. But um, you know, I, uh, I I like to look at my interviews as if like I'm I'm chopping it up with a friend, and everybody listening is like fly on the wall, you know? Because I like one of, one of the criticisms I've gotten for my interviews is like. You like you share a lot of your own personal stuff too, and I'm like, yes, but I'm having a conversation with with right. with, with the with the talent, you know, right. and so so you learn about the the host and and the talent as well. But right. anyway, um, so you were born in Mississippi. How long were you there before you relocated? Um, well, we were. I was born there, and then my mom moved us when I was five, and so I grew up in San Diego from five to fifteen, and I moved back to Mississippi, and I, mm. and I helped my grandmother. She had open heart surgery, so I was like her caregiver uh, while going to high school. And then I ended up graduating from college at the age of 17? No, 19, 19. And then I graduated from grad school in a year and a half. So I moved out to LA right on right a week before my 21st birthday. Oh, okay. Yeah, I, um, I spent a little bit of time in Mississippi. It, it was military related. Oxnard. You know, we were- Oxnard. Is it Oxnard or... I no, feel Hattiesburg. Hattiesburg? That's that sounds very familiar. Um, I know that we took like a like a bus to the, like a nearby mall, and uh, we we went to like a all you can eat buffet, and that's the very first time I had frog legs. <laughs> I, I, okay, you're brave. I'm from Mississippi. I've never had frogs. No, you know. So you know, for 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 the audio listeners that have never seen me, I'm Asian, and so <laughs> we have a lot of delicacies, and so like I'm. I will try anything. If you season something right, I can eat anything. Yeah, I, yeah I'm like, no. Nah. <laughs> Do you ever, you ever used to watch that um, Andrew Zimmer show, like uh, Bizarre Foods? No. <laughs> oh, okay. He would try to the one world. Where every, oh, no, Kurt, no, no, I haven't seen that one. I yeah. saw a documentary where they were like telling us where the food originated from. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, no. no, he he will go around the world, try something unique, you know, fried tarantulas. Um, you know, like insects on a stick and, and whatever, you know, it, these, these are what people eat in these p- parts of the world. And oh, sometimes I'm sitting there and like, he's like, uh, you know, like gagging. I'm like, I could eat that, <laughs> you know? And so, uh, yeah, no. <laughs> yeah, but I, I bet you Trunk would. That, 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 that guy, he, I don't he, know. He, Trunk ain't going to eat all that now. I think he's very like, you know, maybe if it came down to, because I know uh, after episode four, yeah, he probably would have ate some frog legs with no problem. Right, yeah. right. I mean, it's, it's got some pretty good meat. I, I, I don't mind some frog legs. Um, <laughs> and, then, and then, so Mississippi to LA, and then you moved back uh, a, a little bit um, because there was. Uh, I, I was trying to figure out, like, you know, your timeline. You know, just kind of like uh, doing a little bit of research on you. It sounds mm-hmm. like you know your grandparents were um, like real a real big part of your life, as most kids. But I feel like they were probably extra, uh, more extra special because you included them in one of your books. Yes, my grandparents, because when, you know, I came from a single, um, single parent home. Um, so I went through some real shit, 
you know, we were we grew up, you know, on welfare. My mom was trying to make ends meet. Uh, she went to jail a couple of times. So that's when, you know, then she um, had to go to rehab and stuff. So I ended up moving back to my grandmother's. Um, and she got me right at 15. So, you know, that was a time when I was trying to figure out who I was and, you know, trying to be cool, trying to rebel and thank God for my grandparents. Cause I think that's the reason why well, I know that's the reason why I'm so humble and so nice to people. And, you know, I was always taught you treat people the way you want to be treated. You give without thinking about getting anything back. You just leave with your heart and you get more, what she's like, more bees with honey than vinegar. So, yeah. Yeah. Now, um, one of your books, uh, I think it was Blackie that that talks about like bullying and and you have mentioned, um, you know, having been bullied. Was that when you were younger? Because like you're six, five. Well, it was five and a half. Six, five, almost. I say six. I say six, five and a half. It's almost six, six, but six, five and a half is just cool. (laughs) They're like, do you really need to have? I'm like, yeah. Um, But no, when I was a kid, you know, right now it's cool to be, you know, different colors and have swag and have your own little personality. When we was kids, you know, I was skinny. My head was still this size. I was small. Uh, My voice was very high pitched. Even like now I sing, but now sometimes you can tell my voice goes, I can go high, like with the scene we're torturing. That was like a high note, like a Celine Dion note, like screaming. and I had to hold that note. So, uh, yeah, so like I got picked on because of my voice, I got picked on because we didn't have a lot of money, shoes, clothes. So I got bullied a lot. So then what I did was I just started becoming a class clown. So if I can talk about myself and make a joke out of it, and then I can talk about you and make you look worse just by using my words, you know, then I became the, the class clown, the cool dude. Uh, but yeah, yeah, I got bullied a lot, especially about my skin color. And then I didn't like my skin color when I was little because I saw how people and how I was treated on my skin color compared to other people with lighter skin, how they were treated. So, yeah, I didn't really I didn't like myself when I was younger. It took me a minute to grow into it. And I learned that when I was in my 30s. Mm, yeah. I mean, everybody, uh, they, they learn at different stages. And, yeah. um, you know, often it's just having that right person to to kind of like educate you and yes. and and uh help you find like you know like the self-love that you talk about you know yeah. and, and that that you're out there uh sharing too um i i have young kids and luckily for um for them and for me that they haven't you know had to deal with anything like that but i'll tell you what during 2020 the height of like you know stop asian hate um we were getting emails from from the uh school talking about like oh they have heard about the you know like uh, Asian students being targeted, I'm like, what the hell? Like, you know, these are these are kids too. These so, are babies. These are babies. Yeah, absolutely. Um. So uh. So so tell me. Um. And we're gonna jump around a little bit. Uh. Can can you can you tell me like what made you decide to write these books? You have a few. You have like the she's superhero, a super empowering so women. Was, Blackie was um a book from me. Um. I was going through depression. And then, you know, I started to, you know, Asian culture, I'm not sure, um, you know, you can educate me on that. I love learning. But like black, like being an African-American man from the South, Baptist going to church, we were told, like, you don't go to therapy. You pray about it and shut up. You don't talk about your problems. Boys don't cry. Things of that nature. So I was already conditioned to, you know, to be so tough to hold everything in. So um Around 31, when everything started just like uprooting, um, I went to, I was going to class and my teacher at the time was saying like, oh, acting class, Leslie Kahn Studios. She was saying like, you should write 
uh, Sally said, you should write, you know, write your own scripts and write your own stories. So I started writing like, oh, I'm going to write a script. And so when I got finished with it, I was like, oh, this is a book. And so I ended up just making it. I wrote that book in 30 minutes. And mm-hmm. Blackie is an acronym. It stands for beloved, adoring, caring, and kind of yourself for anybody who feels like they don't belong. Um, and so in the book, he learns about his self-love, his power, his confidence. Um, then she came after our mother passed. I read her diary because she was in love with Blackie. And I'm like, it's a kid's book. But she was like, you don't understand. Like, this is going to save so many little boys and girls. I'm like, okay. So I just had to get it out. I wasn't thinking about, I knew it was going to be good, but I didn't, you know, I was like, who's going to buy this book? Who's going to do, you know, all the, the stuff in your head? Um, and so the she's after she passed, I read her diary and it stands for superheroes every day because like most kids, no matter what, you know, we, we, mama, mama does everything. She, she, no matter what, we never had to worry about things. So she always figured it out. And then the crown kids came after because I learned about different cultures and, you know, we're a big melting, melting pot of just human. And then during George Floyd, I'm the, uh, one of the head mentors for Tina's Angels and Warriors. Uh, Mrs. Tina knows. Beyonce's mom. Um, I'm her mentor um, there, and we have 100 students that we mentor on a weekly basis. And so at the George Floyd, we she wanted to do a check-in because during COVID, we had to do all the Zoom meetings. Um, and we checked in, and we were talking to kids, and I'm looking back because these are all the books here. Um, and my little black book came up. So it's a book because I was like, I, can't, I don't want to go out there and march because it was just too dangerous. We're talking to these kids. It's 80 kids in Zoom. There's only two of us here, but imagine like, all these windows with babies just crying, Asian, Mexican, black. We have like a lot of, a lot of um, minority kids in our program that come from like, you know, not the, the, the healthiest situations, you know, like we did. And so I ended up writing my little black book um, just to reincorporate how these black inventors created so much. And without them, you know, this world would be you know, pretty dark because somebody actually created light bulb with a black person. <laughs> so, um, and then like the fifth book, I was sitting around and my godson, Jacob, he's, I call him my mini me. He's a Virgo. He's powerful. He's just, uh, he's, um, he's, he's my baby. Um, and he came up with these ideas and I was like, oh, if you were a superhero, a superhero what powers would you want? He went down the list. And so I ended up incorporating that for my fifth book, which is Fly. Um, a story of self, self-love and the fly stands for first love yourself. So you think it's a, um, a book about superpowers, which it is, but the superpower comes with, from within when kids know how to love themselves and, you know, just use that power. My whole brand for the books is I crown me because I don't want children to run around looking for acceptance. The first big power and the first step is once you love yourself, nobody can rock you. Once you love every part of yourself, you can look in the mirror and really say like, yo, I love myself. I'm cool. And I just did it today. I'm like, yo, I'm pretty cool because I did so much stuff this week. I'm like, yeah, good job, T. You know, like really just being your own cheerleader. Nobody can shake you. Nobody. Yeah, yeah. no, I, with the I brain. absolutely. I, I completely understand. Um, like I, you know, I've been podcasting for almost a decade now. And over the years, I've had people like, oh, you should try this. And, you know, I was like, you know, like, I'm going to do me and I'm the content I create is what I want to hear. You know, people have their own ways of doing it and you know, that probably works for them. I can't, I can't, you know, it's, it's like, it's not the expression, right? You can't fit like a round peg into a square hole or, or the vice versa. That ain't me. You know, no, and so, thing, like, one of my lines for everything is nobody's different. Cause everybody's different. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? So mm-hmm. it's like do your own thing. And if everybody was, 
normal. Normal is boring. So like, do your own thing. If you need to go outside and scream and get not scream at people, but like get it out and run in the field and scream and just just live your life. You get one chance to do it. You don't want to do the shoulda, coulda, wouldas. Right. No. Absolutely. You shoot yeah. your shot. You shoot know? it and go shoot. and fuck yeah. it. Like have fun. Your only job yeah. in the world, no matter what. I don't care how many bills. Just be happy. Find little things to make yourself happy. Absolutely. Yeah. And like the whole thing you talk about, like self-loving yourself and um, nobody can take that away from you. You know, oh, unless you ex- accept that in, in, in yourself. It's it's a, it's a great message. Uh, we, we were at the mall taking the kids to get, uh, uh, you know, the, the Santa pictures done. And, uh-huh. and I, I meandered around in the Barnes and Nobles. I couldn't find the book. Is it only available through the I- it's the reason I did that, just to educate a little bit about entrepreneurship. Like I went to Barnes. It, at one point it was in Barnes and Noble and I had on Amazon and doing whatever but i found that like i ship the books out myself still i sign each book because i want children to know like i see you uh because all humans just want to feel like they belong you know what I mean? so i sign each book if they put their name in an order i would sign a name um and i find like amazon yes it's cool to be number one on amazon but amazon takes like 70 percent of your money when it mm. goes into these big Big box stores, they can take anywhere up to 40 to 70% of your money just because it's on their shelf. So it was on Amazon for a while, but then when I saw, like I sold a, almost 200 books myself and all that profit's mine, you know, so then make other books. And so I think that like Amazon sold like 300 some books and the check they sent, I was like, where the rest of my money at? So I was like, okay, so I know I like to be involved anyway. I'm a Virgo. And I was like, let me just ship them from home and do my own thing. So then now we have the merch. I do everything. Every time something gets shipped off, I sign it myself. Even on Instagram, when I answer people back, they're like, is this your assistant? I'm like, no, it's me. <laughs> and sometimes now some of the fans, I'll like, I'll record my voice like, hi, this is me. Then they like want to do a video chat or whatever, but I don't do all that. But I'll say hello. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's, 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 that's nice of you. You know, like... um when uh like uh you know shout out to elias you know like him and i we go back to the cobra kai days we were like you know like the, the first two guys like interviewing people and yeah. so like I, I saw you know he put out an interview with you then with uh with eugene recently but um i know that john shared your interview and he's like you know if you love trunk i think you, you, you I, I forget what john said on on twitter but you know it was like you gotta love terrence you'll love terrence something yeah, yeah. Yeah, so it's so all like I, I'm like, oh, this, this is probably what he was talking about, like because I'm sure like Elias kind of went over some of the same things here about your books and stuff. This this just like really great positivity and yeah, um, up a brand. It's called I Crown Me because it's like I wanted to give kids the power to crown themselves instead of like waiting for somebody to give you a crown. No, reach up there and grab them up, put it on your head. So it's called I Crown Me, and all the books and stuff is available at iCrownMe.com. So uh, you, all the self love and stuff like uh, you you really get that message from the song Crown Town as well. <laughs> yeah. So I love the video. Also, uh, I I don't remember which book it was, but shout outs to uh, Jacob and Jade. You know, I watched that video too. Oh, yeah, I'm gonna love that. Yeah, those are my babies. Yeah, that was during quarantine, and they did that. And um, Jacob now he's an '80s baby where he wants to he's. He's all about Animaniacs. He's about '90s cartoons. Who framed Roger Rabbit? He's a he's gonna be a force to be reckoned with. My little baby Jay, she's she's multi happening. She wants to be dancing. She wants to do it all. So yeah, yeah. those are babies. Yeah, yeah. So it, it sounds like when you were growing up, um, you also had like kind of like the performance bug, right? I mean, you you know your your, your music. So like, where does the music kind of fall in your timeline? 
the thing about it is I think it was in my DNA because um, uh, I found out I was actually interning at an advertising company in college and found out then B.B. King was like related to me on my dad's side. And then uh, another gospel singer, a huge gospel singer was like my my um, my grandmother's cousin or something. But music, to be honest with you, Crown Town came up because uh, entrepreneurship. I was trying to get somebody to sing a song for the book. My like, oh, it needs to have a whole universe. I want a cartoon, which we have stuff coming up. Um, and I'm like, I want to do this, one of that. And somebody was about to sing the song. And then I realized, like, you got to give these people 40%, 60% and pay them. And I was like, oh, maybe I can sing it. And they're like, you want to try? I was like, yeah, let me see. What's the song? And I, I, you know, we looked at it and I did it. And I was like, yeah, I can sing this. And then that started one thing because I wanted to sing. I used to be in choir when I was a kid. But that started one thing. And then now I was like, oh, I can do my own personal song. So now it's kid version. And then we got the other um, songs like... Um, Dance in the Mirror is the last um, single I just put out. So yeah, we got, yeah, the music is just something like I'm a music person. Like in the morning, like each part of my life, I can relate, I can, I can hear a song and remember where I was, what I was going through in that time. Music Same. is, yeah, music yeah. is an instrument of love and it can really get you through stuff. Yeah, absolutely. 100%. And um, I, I often say that music is also like a, like a, a real life time machine. Like you, like, like you said, it would transport you. I was just at a uh, birthday party last week and we were singing all the, the, the hits, you know, um, new edition as yet. <laughs> um, uh, I, I'm kind of blanking about a lot of nineties R and B, a lot of Usher, you know, and like, uh, I was sitting there like, yep, this is eighth grade right here. Tony eighth Rich project. Yeah. Tony Rich project, you know? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Like I, Aiden, all that stuff. All of that, you know? So, um, <laughs> yeah, I, th- I think we're, I think I'm just a few months older than you. If, if, uh, Actually, I think I'm a little over a, a year older. So same oh. era. Um, what what uh, did you have any inspirations or influences musically growing up? My mom used to sing around the house like she played James Brown, all the good hits. And then when I moved in, my grandmother, my grandmother always listened to gospel songs. And then I, I hung out with a lot of gospel people. And then I was a drum major in the South. So that's like the, the dude in front of the band, you know, HBCU with a hat marching and dancing and so band was a huge thing for me as well and i played the trumpet clarinet as a kid yeah so i all that stuff and um yeah so music i've always had music around me even when going through depression i could like listen to um oh wow when my mother first there was an incident where where we had and i remember i was listening tlc fan mail just came out Mm. and that first intro song uh, i get lonely too yeah, mm. that's um, that song saved me a couple of times. Oh no, kidding! I, I mean, uh, fan, fan mail is is um, one I don't um, actually. I, I couldn't tell you the last time I listened to that one. Uh, yeah. That was the last one that uh, Left Eye was on as well. Yeah. Uh, there's no scrubs and stuff, but um, uh, Crazy Sexy Cool was one of my first two albums that I ever owned. Yeah, I, I, got, I got it the same day as Boys and Men's Two. Yeah, so, me too. Uh, yeah, like, yeah. That one crazy, and then the other one was Notorious B.I.G. That came with Mary J. Blige, four one one. Because you remember B.M.G. where you get the little postcard. You oh yeah, and a dollar. You got like eight eight things you never pay for it, but they like. <laughs> yeah, that's how they get you. You got to be careful with that. The CDs, yeah, all that stuff came out. All those. Oh, that was a really good time. All that like dropped at the same time. Yeah, it, it, it really did, because uh, I, I was talking to somebody about Aquemini, 
and and so we just started talking about like outcasts i'm like man the first time i heard uh andre was on crazy sexy cool he was on that song uh something come around my way i think it's is uh and then that's a real good one too that's uh that's a bop you know um I mean, I feel like we could just. Yeah, you, like we, you, we, you see, I'm like crazy. Yeah, yeah. Then yeah. I, I can sit here like 90, 90s R and B is is my jam. I, I I have a playlist with just hours of it. Um, uh, like some of my favorite, like obscure. Yeah, I don't want to call them obscure. I, I just feel they were under listened to. You know, like somebody like uh, uh Avant, uh, which is yeah. funny because I, I I was just talking to um uh Montel Bush who plays Bobby. We were talking about Avant because he's from he's from Ohio. And, right. and so, it, and uh, Avant's from Cleveland, but talk about like getting through some like relationships, you know, like um, a getaway separated from that first album. Look at um, you, you went through some shit. <laughs> I went through, you know, like uh, I, you know, there's there's probably a reason that I had two kids by the age of 19. Oh, you know? oh yeah. Also, you was really understanding the songs. <laughs> I, I really was. I, I, I remember uh, Brandy and Wanye's Broken Hearted spoke to me in Are a way a where I was I was sobbing. Oh, yeah. I was sobbing. <laughs> hey, so, so, you know, like, I don't I know don't, I don't, this is about you, but uh, you know, to kind of abbreviate the story, I, I did this podcast um, oh, where God. I was covering that show unsolved and it was about the, the murders of Tupac and Biggie. I was on there. You were on there? Oh, uh, USA. Yeah, I played um corn it was corn was it cornbread? Yeah, I believe his name was cornbread. I was on what, there. What was the scene? I was on there a few times. I was in like four episodes. I was one of uh Shug's goons, I believe. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I was on there. Yeah. I can go on. I, I covered that show right before um, Cobra Kai came out. Yeah, Anthony Newman was the director. I was on there. I interviewed Craig, uh, Greg Kading. Yeah. The real, the, the real Greg Kading. I, I, I reached out because he was consultant on that show. Yeah, I was on there. It, see, if, if I did better research, I would have seen that and be like, yeah, hey, I, I, yeah. I, yeah, yeah, that's crazy. I covered that no, show. No, his name was Netball. His name was Netball. It was Netball. Okay. Yeah. Netball. It's so crazy because sometimes people are like you were on Bosch, and I'd be like, "What's that?" I forget because <laughs> I got you got to release it. If not, you get crazy. All these voices. When I came, yeah. I did Obliterated. I went to Italy um, after and did a film there, and then I had to come back to do ADR here. And I remember they pulled Trunk and pulled me up on the um, screen for the scene to do the ADR, and I saw him, but then I was still in the other head. And then what, it was like three different voices. And I was, I literally, they pushed play and everybody turned and like, you okay? And I like malfunctioned because it was, <laughs> so you got to do it and just get it out of your head. Cause if not, you'll be like. That's, that's, that's wild. Um, because, uh, you know, for the people that are listening or, or watching, um, Nick's interview will have already come out uh, by the time they, they listen to this, but. I was all like, "Oh yeah, so you know, there's this Santa Claus movie you did." He's like, "Huh?" Like it was, he was like, "I made you remember." So I was like, "You probably saw my post recently." Like I just, yeah, you know, I, him told him him Santa. I said, "I'm gonna, I'm making t-shirts." <laughs> <laughs> him the Santa hat, yeah. It's, it, it, I, I told him it was a cute movie, you know. Like he's, he, he's a, he's a, a sexy Santa Claus at a mall, you know. That's 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 really what that's about. But yeah, check that out. Um, Desperately that, seeking Santa is, is what it's called. <laughs> uh, so look, look, I'm probably, I'm gonna. Have to go back and check those episodes of yours because um yeah i so so, so like oh, yeah. to circle back to that we were talking about like 
songs that were on that show. And then we also did a couple bonus episodes running down like our top uh, 10 Biggie songs, top 10 Tupac songs. And my co-host is 10 years older than me. And and there was a few songs where he's like, oh, this is n- another one of those jams that Peter had no business listening to at the age of 10. <laughs> you know, yeah. and so I just had uh, aunties and uncles that were, you know, at the right age. And that's that's that was the only way I was able to listen to that type of music because I wasn't able to watch MTV. You yeah. know, so, oh, man, we can vibe about music all day. But no, we're, we're here to talk about uh, about Terrence here. Um, uh, OK, so let's see there. So there to kind of we're not going to get too obliterated yet there, there's a, a fun story that i i had seen you tell on something and and it's so funny because it gets kind of mentioned in obliterated so apparently you snuck into something dance with drew barrymore to lady gaga's just dance yeah. trunk <laughs> trunk is now m- maybe, maybe oh, wow, I don't know. yeah trunk, oh, trunk yeah yeah so, so I, I was gonna ask if that was that was that an inside joke to like did somebody see that interview with you and Drew? No, to be honest with you, I have no idea. I just thought I just you just tied that together for me. Wow. Yeah. No, because I to be honest with you, because you know I, I I've been blessed to meet Beyonce a few different times, and I thought they were going to do like Beyonce jokes because they know that you know I'm with, I'm with her mom um, when it comes to like the Angels and Warriors. But they they didn't do that. They went to Lady Gaga, and I was like, oh, okay, cool, you know. But I just wow, that's cool. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I, so it's, I, I somebody must have seen that interview. I you must. Know? How do you think of that? Wow, it, it's so it's just so specific, you know. Yeah, because like, I'm like, he's about to lead the goat, be bodyguard for Lady Gaga. It was like she's a singer songwriter and a philanthropist, an English actress. I I, I loved her in the uh, Star Is Born. It's, oh, she. She's amazing. She's amazing. I, I love that movie. Love that movie. Um, yeah. So I, I wonder if, if that was the thing I, I kind of wanted to bring up because again, I was finding like a few gems here and there. Wow, um, that's uh, really cool. Think of that. Wow. Yeah, Kimmy mentioned that. You know, when I spoke with her, she was like, "You kind of like you find like connections and, and uh, often because like you know you, you working with John Josh and Hayden, right? Like you may have learned that with these guys, nothing is by accident." Right, yeah, like everything and every that's why even with the show um when i first read it, i'm like what is this but then when you go through the show you have to i remember a few people like oh well, i'm watching it but i want to eat food first compared to like when i eat you know you want to eat and watch a good show everybody watches like no i don't want to eat because i'll miss something everything is written for a reason like if you see a red cap on somebody it's on there for a reason so people like i need to pay attention because they didn't want to miss anything yeah absolutely and that's that's kind of how we do our episode breakdowns and i even told watch party i was all like i think these episode uh, reviews are gonna have to wait because like like everybody's saying yes basically you know so just get it out now while they all have the time and he's like yep they can wait till the new year so um yeah, it uh, so our episode breakdowns, we you know write down like things that are said in dialogue because it can be specific, and a lot of times it's also set up, you know, like hey, you know, like they they mentioned that in the first episode, you right. know, so um, I think you know now is probably a good time to kind of transition to obliterated, um, so uh, and, and if there's any other behind the scenes stories you want to drop in in between, uh, first off, I, I'd like to know how did you find out about this project and kind of your auditioning process, like some of the scenes you read for? Well, I um, found out through my manager 
Sedov, and then I couldn't pronounce. <laughs> I couldn't pronounce it. I was like, oh, bleh. Even when I booked it, I was like, I booked a bleh. Right, and I could not say it at all. And it was like, T, I think you need to learn how to say this before you go on set, and you don't know what the name of your show is. Um, but um, got the audition, and it was, of course, always with the kids. Jacob and Jay, we were about to go to the movies, and the the it was just crazy. And I remember getting the thing like Trunk. Is it like his name is Trunk? Like, why is his name Trunk? Then I'm like, okay, I'll figure it out. But then I'm like, oh, he's big. Oh, he's a trunk, like a truck. Then I was like, okay, he's Trunk. So I got the got the script and I it was the party scene where we me and McKnight was about to fight, and then I was about to fight Ava. Um, so then it was the other scene was with the Gaga thing, but it, it wasn't about Gaga, it was about me and McKnight breaking up. Um, and then the food uh, where I'm waiting for the dot to move and a girl eating my food. So those were the three scenes. And I remember I did the other scenes and I felt something with the McKnight scene. And then the food scene, I remember I did it. And then usually, like I said, I, I'll do a show and I'll leave it. I don't think about it. But for some reason, we went to the movies. The kids were like, okay, we got to go. So it was like, rush, do the audition, we got to go. So went to the movies, came back, and I was driving back, and I was like, that, oh, I, I thought about the joke about the line about the food. Like, who is this? I'm like, oh, he's been waiting for that food. Because they didn't say that he was starving. Just, I was like, oh, he's been waiting for this food. And I was like, oh, I think that I found that, and I did that right. And so then they told me, uh, maybe a couple of days later, I had a call back and I never remember the auditions. So I'm like, call back for what? And they said for Trunk. I'm like, Trunk what? And then they was like, oh, well, I'm like, what did I have on? They were like, oh, the tank top. You were, I was like, oh, that one. Cool, cool, cool. The one I can't pronounce. So I ended up, they gave us like seven days. It's like five days, a whole week, I guess, to be ready. Same lines, whatever. And I was meeting John, Josh, and Hayden for the first time. And so you had them in the screen and I did it. And they gave me a couple of ways. And, you know, the guys are really in their own lanes. They're, when you get to know them, it's really three of them on one brain, and they're literally the same person. But there's different variations of them. Like, Josh is the cool one. Like, he's the crazy, like, he'll, like, let's jump off the cliff together and see where we land. John is like, okay, if we jump off the cliff, we still need to make sure we have, like, safety stuff on. We need to do this. And Hayden's just sit back, like, yeah, I can do that. You know, he'll, he's a cool one. Um, so I have these dudes in the scene. I never look. I never look people up because I always want to just be authentic and be myself compared to trying to impress. So um, they're sitting there. Hayden's doing his little side thing, and um, I did it. And then after that, I got a call, and they were like, maybe like an hour later, it was like, oh, you're the choice. And at that point, I was the first one casted, and I thought it was a joke because if weeks went by, they were like, we're still looking for. The McKnight and uh, the McKnight character, because it needs to make sense with your character. Like that's going to be your your best friend. And I'm like, okay, well, when when did we start? When did we start? So they finally found McKnight, and I saw Nick and Shelley's announcement. I'm like, okay. So then when I met Nick, we instantly just we like people think me and Nick grew up together, because I can literally look at Nick now and be like. Like, I, I, I can read everything in his head. And it's horrible because he's so funny. And I'll just bust out laughing, so it's horrible. But, yeah, people think me and um, Nick grew up together. And his kids are like little guy kids, too. I, I, I would have I thought that, too, if, uh, if Lenny took you to uh, Special Friends Day. Oh, he told you about that? 
Well, I know that that it was a thing. I don't know the details if you would yeah, like to so share. He, so he Nick is cool. So Nick knows a lot of people. Like I met Channing Tatum through him. Like he knows a lot of people. And Lenny is like this little cute, this beautiful, but very strong little girl. And she knows what she wants. And so he's like, hey, and why 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 is so cool? And so um, they were. He called me. He was like, "Hey, it's special Friends Day, and the kids want you to come." And I'm like, "Special Friends Day." So we go there. He's like, "Tia, it's the funniest thing because everybody's bringing like their grandma, their little uncle." And he's like, and Lenny walks in, not even up to your knee, with this big black guy. Like, this is my special friend. So everybody's like, "Oh my god!" <laughs> so yeah, like it was so cool. We had a lot of fun that day. Yeah, those are my babies too. Yeah, yeah. So she she uh, brought in a giant. You know, yeah. brought a giant. Yeah. yeah. You know, she's so, like, she's so direct being that young, but, like, she she's, T, come, T, here, paint, you know, and people are watching this, it was, like, yeah, she's, like, she's she's so beautiful, yeah. I, I didn't know you were still talking about, like, the friends, the special friends, I thought, like, maybe you guys were painting somewhere else. But no, she's not, but that's yeah. anywhere, even in the house, she'll be like, T, come here. Yeah, that's awesome, that, that's amazing you guys awesome. have that relationship. It, um, is there a like a ship name for for Trunk and McKnight? Like I, I was telling Nick, I was like, oh, McTrunk, you know, just just to kind of like shorten it. Is there anything you guys are? No, I haven't guys... thought of anything yet. Oh, I just okay. call my Nick, my Nick Nick, or um, uh, yeah, Nick. Yeah, I haven't came up with anything like Team McKnight Trunk. I like that. What did you just say? McTrunk. I like that. Yeah, make Trump because um when I was speaking with Shelly, she was talking about uh Ava and Maya and she said uh Mava. And Ma- so, uh, so, so I don't I like Trump. Yeah, I don't know if Mava was around yet, so I don't know if she like came up came up with that on the spot. And like, yeah, well, I need to yeah. go in there and start coming up with some of these pairings, you know, some of our favorite scenes with these people. Yeah. You know? McTrunk, I like that. McTrunk, you like McTrunk? Okay, well we'll get yeah, started I'm thinking. Going with Trump. Yeah. Yeah, but it's a big Trump. Uh yeah, because I was telling Nick, I was like, I, I want to see I want to see um, the days of, you know, McTrunk plus Gomez. I want to see their their time in service, you know, leading yeah. up to that episode two, uh, that flashback. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, so you you booked the role. Uh, t- uh, uh, tell me about like kind of meeting some of uh, the, the other cast members. And uh, apparently there was a, a day two with Kevin Kent, who's military technical advisor. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and uh, you guys haven't really gotten to know each other just yet. And apparently... That's when you guys found out that Eugene is literally Paul himself. Oh my God! Oh my! Oh, when I tell you, I I I forgot his name was Eugene. I I usually just call him Paul twenty four. Eugene, it's when I tell you if they wrote this man his size out with his blood. Eugene is so much like. Oh my God. And there was one time we, all of us are on, pop, pop. We're rehearsing. Kevin's like a, a force to be ready. He's a beast. He's like, you know, you know, Kevin's been through some real shit. So he's like, nonsense. holding the gun. Yeah, he's, so we're, and Eugene is, guys, I brought snacks, or hey, you guys need water? Like, he does one time, we're all in our mode, like, and he's like, he pulls his gun up. Uh, what? And then everybody's ready. And then Eugene's bullet, his uh, jacket just falls out of his gun. He's like, oh, so sorry, so sorry, so sorry. Back, back. I'm like, oh my God. <laughs> yeah. Eugene is literally Paul. It's yeah. crazy. He, but a lot of people, and like, we didn't see everybody's scene. So some things I saw when the show actually came out, 
Like, I didn't see as much as Alice and stuff, and Allison is like my best friend now. But Eugene, a lot of people forget that Eugene, we got to work with each other. Eugene usually worked with just a puppet, a stick, or he was looking at like a green screen. He was mm-hmm. doing all that stuff by himself. So Eugene is a beast. Yeah, that's funny. He didn't share. Um, he's, I so, guess, you know, he's, he's so humble. And I'm like, right. bro, like, you got to let you got to tell people like what you do. He The way that he embodied that character, even like he he performed by himself in a helicopter with nobody. Right. He's right. Like just reading the lines. Like if I, me and you are going back and forth and I'm reading aggressively and we're in a scene, we're going back and forth. Ah, you know, I'm feeding off you, I'm feeding off me. But if you have a, a, a AD or somebody regular just sitting on the side reading the lines just to read the lines and not putting any passion in it, and you gotta cry, you gotta pull, you gotta scream. That's what Eugene was doing by himself. Yeah. He's yeah. He's, he's amazing. You know, like in hindsight, like I, I think uh, my conversation with Eugene was a little obliterated light. You know, like a lot of it was, you know, his career and and the struggles that he went through yeah. you know, as a minority actor as well. Yeah. You know, and uh, he, he shared like uh, he, he was about to call it quits until he got the role, you know, or, or like, you know, that uh, the audition came up. So this, um, this can really this business can really mess you up. And Eugene is such a pure soul. Like I've been through some craziness. So I have like a, thank God I'm big as I am because I say God made me big because he knew what I was going to go through. Uh, so Eugene is such a pure soul. Like he really, really, really cares about the fellow more, man more than him himself. And that's probably why he didn't even tell you about what he did. Cause he just, you know, you'll tell him how great he is. He's like, yeah, but I had a great cast with me. I'm like, bro, you are amazing. Like shut up and take the compliment. Yeah, take some take some dubs for yourself. He's a really, really great guy. Yeah, you you gotta tell him about some of that self self love. Not it's not just everybody. Oh, trust me, he'll tell you. I'm like, get over here. You gotta like stop. And I make him. I'm like, if somebody give you a compliment, take it because it took me a while to do that. I'm like, take it. You ain't gotta say nothing back, but thank you. You don't try to overcompensate. Like realize how powerful you are, how amazing you are, and stay in that. But he's so given, he wants to get it right back. I'm like, don't do that. So, yeah, yeah. I, I, like I, I should, I'm just trying to help them. Yeah, yeah. I, I should take some of that advice too. People often are like, yeah, but you've got these interviews, you know, from like hard work. I'm like, yeah, yeah, I guess. No, you know, like, it's okay. <laughs> and you've worked your ass off for it. So it's like confidence standing in it. You know, if it wasn't for you doing this, like who else would be doing this right now? So you got to right. take your power. Like that's powerful. Yeah, yeah. I appreciate that. Cool. Um, so, so trunk. Um, what were some early uh, stuff that you guys had to kind of work out in terms of characters? Because, you know, like you kind of get like a um, but basically I want to know, like, if if uh, your character evolved much from when you first got handed scripts and, and things like that. For for example, like this is not a great example, but like Frank uh, Helmer, costume designer, for those that don't know, uh, he sh- he shared with me originally uh, he had envisioned trunk in red, not yellow. And I thought that was very interesting. Yeah, I love, and red is my favorite color. Me too. Yeah, so I, I was like, oh, red would have been, but he said Gomez had red on. But right. I think even with red, the yellow is so much more complicated, if that makes sense. Red mm-hmm. would have been like, oh, he's in red, and, you know, power, da, 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 but the yellow gave it a more softness, like you can go anywhere with yellow. Like it's that color where you can be crazy, you can be soft, you can be funny, or you can be angry. But red is just what it means, like power, power, power. So I'm glad he picked mm-hmm. yellow. And to be honest with you, 
um, when I got the role, they were like, oh, you know, um, we want to make sure you look like you can get somebody out of the helicopter. So I started working out. I was already working out. My my brain, and I just said to the universe, I always go into this mode. I never know what's coming up, but I always go, like I start preparing without knowing that I'm preparing. So before Trunk came up, I started doing two a days at the gym, like working out in the morning and going in the evening and working out heavier or something like that. So by the time I booked it, it was like, oh, you know, you, you are, how big are you going to be? Next thing you know, I've already put like 15 pounds on. And right now I lost it, but it's still, you know, it's big. I'm big. <laughs> uh, but, you know, I was already training for him without even knowing that I had it. Yeah, yeah. 15 pounds. Yeah. It was, uh, I was 260 pounds in that. Yeah. Almost 20 pounds, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Still great shape. Look at that. Yeah. Um, now, as I understand it, when... Um, when you guys were like auditioning, you guys already had the understanding that like you are probably going to show something, right? Like, uh, uh, was there any moment where you're like, oof, you know, like, did, did you, what, what, what were you a little, I don't know if you were nervous, so I don't want to put words in your mouth. Were you <laughs> nervous about anything, uh, like a scene, uh, in the show? Like, I, was, the I was nervous about, because the torture scene, I didn't know. I didn't really know about the torture scene until later when I got there they were like oh we got the torture scene and I was like you, you, you what <laughs> so they came up with that but um, no I wasn't really nervous because I feel like at the end of the day when you do scenes like that it it only makes it worse if you don't you know you realize like okay this is somebody else's story I'm lending myself to it cool let me just do it but I, I don't think I was really nervous the only thing that was Oh, if anything nervous-wise about the scene, my team was nervous because I did a scene like that. Some, not like that, but um, where they, like, exploited everything on the Internet. Like, somebody got a hold of it, and they went all over the Internet with it. Um, and this was with the children's book. You know, I just want to be very careful. But now, like, with my babies, Jacob and stuff, I'm letting them be more of the face of the books now. But that's the only thing that was coming up for me. I was like, oh, I, make, I want to make sure it's, you know, it's, okay when it comes to the book but at the same time i have to separate myself like you know i'm I, I love the books i love what it does for children but at the same time this is my dream now to push forward and the reason i get to do my dream is because i'm pushing and giving back to the babies you know that are coming up so that's the only time i think i got nervous i was like oh what if the kids see it and which is crazy because i, I miss tina we did a renaissance um a premiere with the kids from the from the show a couple of weeks ago and I told the kids, like, they know I act and there are certain things that they can watch and what they can't. They're in high school. So I get in there and they're clapping and say, oh, we saw your show, Mr. Terrence. And I'm like, you guys are not supposed to watch that show. They're like, we watch it with our parents. I'm like, oh, my God. But it's even worse. But yeah, they get it. You know, it's art. So they get it now. Yeah. Right. Well, since we're kind of talking about that scene, you oh, you you you, uh, you okay to go, kind of go in depth uh, about how the how the uh, the cookie was made and pulling back the scene? Um, now, did did you did you have to work with uh, uh, Christine McHugh very much at all? Uh, the no, intimacy coordinator. Yes, well, not as much as everybody else, but she was very like intimacy coordinator. Just make sure that you're comfortable and nudity stuff. She was very hands-on, not like that, but she was very like there. She was like a mom on set, making sure everybody was comfortable, making sure, you know, there were certain screens off where nobody could say it was a closed set, making sure I was okay. Um, 
But the prosthetic, everybody like, is it real? A lot of my exes been like, you old for you. So you just doing whatever you want to do. And I'm like, <laughs> oh. but no, it was it, it was cool. Like I wasn't, it felt it, I was okay. Like um, it didn't freak me out because I really didn't like Nick was freaked out, but it didn't freak me out as much because I couldn't really see much. I was just in it because we were hanging there. Uh, my arms were hurting because, you know, at that point, they were like 20 pounds a piece. Um, so that was heavy. But, no, I, you know, they told me what I need to do. The other thing was jumping up with my pants around my ankles and then letting the – because at first they wanted to, like, slap the dude in. <laughs> my team was like, oh, my God, that's so cool. My team was like, you are not doing that. And I was like, why not? <laughs> but, um, but, no, I wasn't – like, she was – Christine was very, very hands-on, so she made everybody feel cool. So it felt like we were just wearing bathing suits. Yeah. And so um, I, I, I'm i assuming the prosthetic that you wore is probably similar to uh, Johan, who plays Jeremy, the stripper. Mm-hmm. Right. And so so basically it's something that you wear in front, almost like like an underwear. Right. Yes. Yeah. So oh, that's it's like, interesting. It's like a tube. <laughs> OK. Then now, now I'm wondering, because um, uh, apparently there's this uh, Haggerty prosthetic that that we're never going to see. Because Tommy decided that he was just gonna go all in himself. And so imagine most of the time we 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 knew that scene was happening, but we didn't know that scene was happening happening. So we yeah. came first time to all those reactions, like what the fuck? Like it was like oh my god. Um, and uh, and then you know in scenes you don't do it one time; you got to do it over and over and over and over. So he committed, he did it. But I was like, no, cover me up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I I didn't even um, like get a chance to uh, ask Nick um, uh, about that, uh, but like, what what was? I mean, because it's a it's a prosthetic, right? So it's n- it's not a real, you know, organ. But like, um, I'm just wondering, like the handling of it. You know, did you guys treat it like it was a real? Yes, it's, it's, okay, it's, okay. it's the skin. It feels real. Like you gotta treat it a certain way. And then to be honest with you. Christine was cool, but thank God we have the the amazing women on this show that we have. Because the girls were so, I always say, the girls were like boys. Like, they were like, if we didn't have, like, um, um, Shelly, um, Shelly, Paola, Kimmy, if we, and um, Allison, if we didn't have those girls, it, like, those processes could have been a little bit longer. Like, these girls, they were game. And so then I could have be like, no, cover me up. Because they were like, let's get it. So I was like, okay, God, here we go. Um, but no, it, you have to handle it with care because it, it feels it's like real skin. And then it's heavy. And, you know, it was a lot of, like, treatments. And then, like, it was like the, uh, the trophy because then it was made. So I had to go in and get the prosthetic thing um, shaped to me. And then when it came in, it was like the holy grail and, like, they're watching, like, we're about to put it on. So it took 45 minutes to put it on. And then, like, they come out. And I was, I think Allison got a picture of me walking crazy. <laughs> it was between my... <laughs> it, it, was like, um, it was like an elephant walking by. It was, like, it was a truck. So, um, and then when the guy pulled it down and, like, it almost flapped and hit him in his face, it was it was a lot of stuff. So it was a character of his own. Yeah, it, yeah, it, I, I bet it was. Uh-huh. Um, and, and you didn't get to keep that, huh? No, I don't. I no, I wouldn't keep that. Cause like, what are you gonna do? Like, oh, this is they can't watch. Um, Jacob is says Jade says it too. She's all. Like, Why can't you do something kid friendly? <laughs> <So, like, 
And then she was on Jacob was excited about it. He loves the poster. He loves the haircut because the haircut is based off what his little haircut used. He has the coolest hair. And he said, I love obliterated. I can't watch it because it has a lot of inappropriate body parts. So I'm like, okay. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah cool. that's it. I, I guess, I mean, the, the way you describe it, basically, they just, it, it's just a dildo, you know, I, I guess. Yeah, it's only guess, a prosthetic, you know? Yeah, it's a hollow dildo. Oh, hollow, okay. So, but, hollow dildo. So, so, the, so the material itself is thick. So you guys, this is why you guys listen to uh, Obliterate Companion, <laughs> you know, for the details. Because, you know, like, and then you hey, got to put yourself in it. Well, because, you know, like, you've been uh, making appearances on, like, television, you know, and news and stuff, but you can't talk about the details there. Oh, you like, know? I'm sure they probably wanted to talk about it yesterday morning when I went to KTLA, but, like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's, yeah, that's why you're tuning in here. We, we're here to get it from you. We, from you we're raw over here, but, yeah. Oh, no. yeah. Oh, boy. Um, let's talk about some of, some of the other uh, trunk scenes. Like, uh, b- before uh, the show came out, I reached out to you, and I told you that, one of my uh, favorite, like, funny moments of Trunks is that empty donut box. Oh, gosh. So if you uh, tell me what you kind of remember, like, filming that day, was it uh, was it I difficult at my all? Voice, my voice and mostly all this, I felt like I was hollering all the time because he was so hungry. And um, I remember the donut box thing, and it was just like goatee. And so I kind of came up with... I just went for it and did whatever I thought. And Nick always does this thing. He's like, congratulations. You did it again. But it was a lot of screaming. So I was hoarse a lot of times because I would have to scream so much. But it was, uh, and getting dizzy a lot because I was screaming the whole time and jumping on the box. And and at some points I wouldn't eat. So it just helped fuel the anger uh, on set. So um, it was a lot of jumping up and down, hitting things like an angry child. Yeah, but it was yeah. fun. I didn't pay for it. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you, now I can't get this out of my mind because you mentioned Mr. T earlier, you know, and like, you know, for for the audio listeners, Terrence is wearing chains as well, oh. you know, and so and, and like, you know, like not, not too dissimilar in like the beard and like, you know, you know, you don't have Trump's hair right now, but yeah. um, that's not what I'm thinking. But did uh, the, the, the character of Trump, did you have like uh, any inspirations um, or any influences on how you portrayed him? You know, the really cool thing about John, Josh and Hayden, this was the first show I walked in and we had to do the whole hair consulting thing. So when I walked in, um, they were like, let your hair grow out a little bit. So I had like, a, I let it grow out a little bit. Just so my hair grows really fast. So we were, they were talking about parts. I'm like, well, if we're going to do a part, that means somebody needs to be on set every day because my hair literally grows like fast, fast. Like you, I can have a part today and then tomorrow it'll be like, like blurred in because, you know, whatever. But when I went into the hair, the dressing room, the hair place to do whatever, all the inspiration, you know, usually have like the pictures and like this person, all the pictures that they had up there was of me. And I was like, that, so that already made, me feel like a power, right? Because I wasn't basing this off of anybody else I knew, it, but it was off of me, my hair, my look. And I'm like, okay, cool, this is gonna be good. But then when I got into it, um, I started thinking of like uh, Will Smith, when he played- um, Marcus, or, or uh, Mike, Mike Lowry. <laughs> yeah, Mike Lowry, so Mike Lowry came in my head a lot because Will's one of my favorite actors. Will Smith, Mount Larry, Training Day, and then Denzel and Training Day, and then also Will when he did 
What's the name of the show, the movie when he was a superhero, like a hood superhero? Uh, uh, Hancock. Hancock. Hancock popped up a lot. And then, um, to be honest, when it, when he starts screaming and hollering Trump, when he does, most of that stuff came from my mom. Mm. <laughs> like, inspiration when she used to get mad, like, her voice would deepen. Like, it was crazy. So, um, so yeah, and then most of the other stuff came naturally just because I know what that is. Everybody would tell you, like, I'm nice as hell until I get, unless I'm hungry or tired. And then that's when I get become a monster. So, yeah. Can you, can you do any impersonations? Of what? Of me? Of, of somebody. Like, you, you mentioned, like, Denzel and Will Smith. I wonder if you got any, uh, anything no, in your I pocket. Can't, I can't do the, I can't do the, uh, the Denzel voice. Wait, I can't, I don't, I don't know how people do that, though. Well, uh, with Denzel, I, I feel it's more of like that. the inflections, like the um, like if you ever watch Saturday Night Live, like Jay Farrell, he, yeah, like, he, did, yeah, he does it good. Like yeah, 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 bro. I I can't do it though. Eddie Murphy, yeah, I can't. Like, Eddie, just, yeah, uh, yeah. Little, 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 huh? Huh? <laughs> <laughs> do it, man. Yeah, he does that with the pictures. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what do you say, y'all motherfuckers? Y'all want to look at like that, and then um. Uh, but no, Eddie Murphy was one of my favorites. Eddie, like the screaming and laughing, that's all Eddie. Yeah. 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 Oh, uh, Coming to America is my favorite comedy of all oh time. Oh, my God. Coming to America, you can watch yeah. it right now. And you know what? Obliterate reminds me of Coming to America because Coming to America, even to this day, you can watch it and you just discover something new. Even if mm. it's like somebody in the background kicking something over, it's like where's the Where's Waldo of uh, movies. Um, mm. So Coming to America and so Obliterate, even me going back, and watching it over and over, because I watched it like eight, ten times before it came out. And I'm like, oh, wow, that was really clever. The part where you're thinking Ava's about to hit um, Lana, uh, Anastasia in the face with the bottle, but she really hits the window. So now, because the windows at the Rio is all mirror, so you don't know which room they are because Gomez are looking for it to shoot through. And so when she busts that window, I was, I grabbed my head like, this is great writing. Yeah. Who thinks yeah. of that? You know, I'm like, yeah. So it was these really guys, yeah, I'm like, these oh, guys, God, it was great writing. Look, uh, when when I the first season of Cobra Kai, I don't know how many episodes I was in, but I literally, literally said I was talking about the writing. I go, the writing is so good. This is like this is Breaking Bad level. Like, yeah. uh, you know, like when Breaking Bad was out, I was listening to these podcasts doing what I do now. Like they were big influences on me, breaking down the writing and, and the directing. And so I like to get into into that. And uh, again, nothing is accident by accident with these guys. Like everything is deliberate. Everything and so yeah. 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 It's it's it's, it's so good. Uh as a fan of the show, what are some of your uh, favorite moments that doesn't involve trunk? Oh, Delana and uh, Anastasia and Ava fight. Um I love the Kim Kimmy uh um, when she was in uh, Maya, well, Maya, when she was trying to break up Ava and um, I forgot the other character's name in a club. Oh, uh, Sharonda. Sharonda, when they were fighting, <laughs> uh, she was like, that's my friend. I loved that one. I loved, um, um, I loved Gomez when she did her vulnerability moment on that rooftop with Bobby. Um, and then I love oh, Billy. Billy. Yeah. Um, I love, um, oh, who, the guy who played, is it Bobby? The one, everything. Montel Bush? Is that the crazy, the, the He's one? He's the other big motherfucker? Oh, no, no, not him. Oh. The one who played um, um, Eugene, Paul's 
daughter's boyfriend. Oh, uh, Zach, uh, Blast. <laughs> you, know, you know more than me. Yeah, he was crazy. His, all his stuff was amazing. And then um, Eugene, when he went crazy in a helicopter with the cake, uh, <laughs> and then when he just started, he was like, yeah, I'm not a hinge. I, I'm going to kill all these motherfuckers. So when he got a little hooded, I want to save my daughter. Like, <laughs> I love that. I mean, Tommy, even though he was knocked out, oh, he was like, <laughs> he did the first bomb and he did his little tongue thing like that. I was like, oh my God. So, yeah. What, was, were, what were you guys saying? Because we were hearing the music as the audience. And I was, I'm oh, sure we were people... screaming like, focus on the fucking bomb. We're about to die. What the fuck are you doing? I'm pointing at uh, McKnight's character like, this is your fault. This your boy. This, your, he might, this is your man. This your guy. This is your fuck up. So, uh, and then trying to calm Ava down, like, stop. We're, like, we're in here. We got to, we, what else, what else can we do? We don't have a choice. So we just scream at each other. Yeah. Oh, that's hilarious. Um, so what is something you, cause you mentioned that, uh, you know, there was a lot of scenes you, you didn't know about because you weren't there for, for the filming of it. So try to think back to like the very first time you watched the show, you know, and, and finished it. What was something? that you didn't know happened until you saw it and you needed to text or call that that actor and be like, oh, I just, you said this or you did this. That's hilarious. You oh, know, something that's like that. Like, they, they got a big reaction out of you. Uh, there was, sounds, some... well, was it Eugene? I mean, it sounds like he's, I mean, since he did so much by, by himself. Yeah, I text Eugene was one of the first ones I called because I'm like, I didn't know, like, I knew he was on set by himself, but I'm like, the way he carried in this show is amazing. Um, even Paola, like, most of the stuff, her narrating most of the story, too, with Ava was amazing. Um, how um, Allison, Lana's character, how she literally, I had to call her, I'm like, American people are going to hate you because you make fun of, like, you're literally making fun of, like, the modern day TikTok girl, and then you go into like making fun of it, then you become this bad bitch at the end. And I'm like, you were so great. And she doesn't know Russian. Everybody thinks um, um, uh, Allison's Russian, but she literally learned all that and she's just great. Um, and then um, Shelly, like the way that she was just on fighting and like, she had, Shelly had a big task to do and she was kicking ass and, um, then Nick, Nick is just the coolest because he was in ninja mode the whole time. Like Nick was very strict on food, everything else. I could eat everything. Uh, but Nick used to also tell people I had low blood pressure. And so he would have people. So every time I came back to set, there was like a twitch or something in my, um, my chair. I'm like, what is this for? Because I was trying to do no sugar. Like, Why is people bringing me twix? Because there's always twix in my chair. I'm like, there's always for your low blood sugar. I'm like, what are you talking about? There's like, oh, well, we got word that you got low blood sugar. And I said, I'm going to kill Nick. So even when after we got finished with Obliterate, I went to Italy to film that movie. For uh, Somehow, Nick, I was going to set and there was Twix in my chair. So Nick got word all the way to Italy, Malta, that my blood sugar was low. And somebody got in trouble on production because people were eating the Twix. They was like, this is Terrence's medicine. He needs the Twix. And I was like, stop. Like, I was like, I'm going to kill you. But no, um, Nick was just cool. Even with his elevator fight, I didn't see that until I saw it. I was like, wow. Everybody was just so amazing. I keep looking down because I have this picture of us, our costumes when we Ooh. first did it. 
I love that. Yeah. Right on my computer, and this is before we did any shooting, and so uh, it's just it's it's here because it just reminds me of these people who transformed into these amazing characters, and all of them, you know, it makes me emotional a little bit because it just we've worked our asses off on that show, and we weren't on set for eight or nine hours. Sometimes we would go in at five o'clock in the morning. We didn't get off until three or four a.m. You know, so you go in when it's dark. You're in the studio. It's all dark. Then when you come outside, it's dark. And then I had a place where they had these floor to ceiling windows with no curtains. So I would have to literally put my head on the pillow and then get up and go work out. So we've worked, all of us did some huge sacrifices uh, for this show. So we're to get the, the reviews and love and, you know, even you interviewing us, it just, it means a lot, you know, and we can, it's a fun show, but we've worked, all of us worked our asses off. I think we can tell. I mean, it's 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 nothing like we've seen before. You know, like you hear the comparisons and stuff like that, all these uh, elements. But I'm just like, I I keep asking people, Nick included, and he couldn't think of something. But I was like, there's got to be so much left on the cutting room floor. There's so much was going on. And so, they literally said, we got on episode, when we were shooting episode two. I'm looking at them like, what? How? How can? How can we elevate? Where are we going? Like, there's gonna be nothing left. And, John Josh Hay was like, oh, this is nothing. Wait to season two. And I was like, what? <laughs> what? There's pee in the Pringles can. Like, what are we doing? Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? So, yeah, I was going to be naked the whole season, is oh, what I hear. Amazing. It was really, 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 really good. Yeah. Uh, as we get ready to wrap up, a couple more uh, questions for you. Um, so to, to to get in like the headspace of Trunk real quick, I'm assuming McKnight's the type of guy that he's invited to the cookout. Yes. Now, now this one's a, a, a little bit deeper, and um, I can't wait to kind of get to that part in our episode reviews. Uh, so, like the the whole idea of Trunk, like he wants to tell McKnight this thing, uh, and and then like later on, it, I'm thinking about the scene specifically where McKnight's talking to Gomez, right. and, and 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 he's like, "Hey, how come he's never told me?" And then they had that discussion. Now, um, in my opinion, and I've been around with all types of people, 10 years in the army myself. And so I was all like, you know, I, I thought it was interesting that that Trunk felt like he couldn't go to Big Night because like in the army, we call them battle buddies, right? Like that's that's your battle buddy. How could you not? And because I didn't think, and you know, I, I, I you know, I'm not a gay man. And so I, I can't speak for, for uh, you know, um, you know, that community, but like, I didn't think uh, McKnight was, you know, came off homophobic or, or said anything that would make Trunk not, you know, not be uh, able to tell him kind of thing. Do you have any opinions on that at all? Like, uh, no, why do you I think? First, when I first looked at it, I'm like, you you would think that was the big thing that he wanted to tell him. But that wasn't, that wasn't anything because everybody else knew. You know, McKnight was just in the dark. McKnight just loves women so much. So for me, Trunk wasn't, he wasn't wearing, that wasn't the thing. He, he really didn't care. Trunk was very, is very confident in who he is. So he was like, you know, it's, it's not what he is. It's just a part of him. So with, with all of that, and then at the end, you really find out that it wasn't about his sexuality. It was more about him telling him that he's, he needs to leave. He wants to leave and go do something else that he was scared of. You know what I mean? Like he never hid that. And so even with that, I was like, this show is so cool because it has sex, it has this crazy stuff, but it also has all these amazing people from different walks of life. And no matter what color you are, no matter who you're sleeping with, what you do in the bedroom, 
you can if you stay focused, you can save the world with your dreams. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. I think there was a picture of um during during um George Floyd, there was this picture where this man, this white man, is in KKK attire. He's laying on a hospital bed, and this is a real picture, and you had a black doctor saving his life. So like having surgery on him. And it was like at the end of the day, he, he wasn't saying like don't let this black man touch me. At the end of the day, he was he wanted to he was saving his life. So at the end of the day, it's not about who you are, or what you are, or what you do. It's about your passion, your work, and what you can do for your fellow man. So I just loved how they even did that. It wasn't about just he wasn't ashamed of sexuality. He just didn't talk about it because he felt like in the sauna scene he says, uh, "McKnight is just forget the lines. McKnight oh, is." Yeah. He's, you know, he sees the world one way. And so he didn't want, oh, that's another thing. Maybe he didn't want to even tell McKnight even about that because he knew McKnight probably could have wrapped his head around it or he wouldn't know the right thing to say, which an example on everything McKnight said, he started to, you know, change who he was to try to make Trump comfortable. And I think that's what Trump didn't want to happen. Right. Yeah. I just because my, my favorite uh, one of my favorite parts uh, of that very example is uh, after saving, you know, the, the penis, you know, the penis torture. You know, I'm forgetting the exact wording of it, but he's like, hey, I mean, you, you didn't mind that I slapped your ass in the shower. Right. And so like that's a whole ass other thing, too. Like not only like that just came out like, yeah, <laughs> or do we like, don't be butthurt. If we, the world's about to end. Oh, I can't say butthurt anymore. Like, oh. <laughs> Yeah, and then we'll we'll end it with this. Um, any moments that you could think of uh, that? So I'm trying to get to the part where because uh, I uh, I want to hear your version, and yours is going to be the third version. So the diner scene, right, where uh, Trunk orders this you know list, and you know grease in a cup, you, do, you know that too, uh, and then. Apparently, Eugene decided to do his own thing and take. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> yeah, just no, stuff like that. But what Eugene did naturally, I was like, it made you. If you were hungry, Eugene would be a person that you end up choking out at the table because Eugene was like, "I'll take a uh, no, not that." Uh, and we was like, we didn't know he was going to do that, and we're sitting there trying to hold our lap. He was like, "A muffin." Yeah, he did his whole thing. Eugene's a genius, but he's, yeah, that, yeah, that was good. But to be honest with you, all that food listing, because I don't cook, so I don't know seasonings. All I know is what tastes good. So even with the, the dry rub, I thought a dry rub was an actual way that you prepared the thing. I didn't know it was Ooh. a thing. So I kept saying dry rub. So then they had to give me, that's the only time they gave me a line rub, um, line reading. They're like, it's a seasoning. It's a flavor. I was like, oh! So, uh, but when I had to list all that food, it was crazy. And to the point where I was messing up, um, and one of the background girls was like, it's easy. And I was like, oh, well, you do it. And she did it. I was like, okay, cool. I'll try it. <laughs> That's amazing. People, I love that. That's the one of the, the actors you can get in trouble. I thought it was hilarious. I'm like, yeah, yeah, help me. <laughs> Shit. Yeah. Yeah, that's amazing. Um, Terrence, thank you so be, uh, for being so uh, generous with your time and, and uh, accommodating. Um, I, know, I know you guys are all busy uh, saving the world. Yeah, saving the world, Christmas, people running around. I got God babies to buy stuff for us. Yeah, and these kids are demanding. They actually, when they presented their Christmas list, it was a PowerPoint presentation. Oh, no. 
Yeah. Now, um, I will include the link in the show notes, but if you can give, you know, the, the people tuning in where they can find your books. Icrownme.com. So I crown past tense, C-R-O-W-N-E-D.com. And then you can find me anywhere on Google. Uh, I am Terrence T on all um, platforms, social media platforms. And if you hit me, DM me, I'll answer you back. But then it gets cool where it'll be like, oh, you did so great. But then some be like, I can't wait. I want you to obliterate me with your trunk. And it's like, okay, then I got to stop. So just you know, keep, it, keep it nice in the DMs. I'll answer back. Can you give us the wildest uh, DM that uh, you've gotten? Or, or like, you know. I don't know what I can do. <laughs> okay. All right. Fair enough. It's, I will say it. It included two dildos, and it was a lady. And I, it, I don't know how she did this. I, <laughs> she did this. She had. Oh my god! It was a picture. It was a picture. It was a video. Oh! <laughs> and the scene was playing in the back of her while she had two things doing a whole different thing, and I was like, "Oh my god." But then, I, like you know, how you're looking at something like, oh wow, because I didn't expect that. Because it was like a nice little, hey, how you doing? Oh my god, I love your work. To like a video, so you're thinking they're about to record the because I open the videos because you think they're recording the screen. But she had the screen behind her doing her thing in front, and I was like, at first I was like, oh my god. Then I turned my head up, like, this is talent. <laughs> like, how did she she cue it up? Like that's a lot of work. But, she practiced. She practiced. Was, oh my god. But yeah, yeah. that was. That was close to one. Yeah, that's the wildest at this point. That's that is wild. That's probably the wildest story I've ever heard. That was crazy. Yeah. So now, yeah, I'm, I can't even open my phone around people because people are like, oh, he's he's watching porn. But no, these are people sending me things, and everybody, let me see your trunk. Can you do the obliterate me? And I'm like, oh my god. This has been a production of the Companion Network.